Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. That's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a Big Radio Midgets production. And the question begs, how did Ray and Brad get stuck in the studio on a Super Bowl weekend? Yeah. Uh, and they don't even have anything like chip or dip or, or beer, which is, uh, I guess, appropriate. You shouldn't really have that in the studio. True. Uh, but we're here, and we're doing the show, and we've got a, a, a great guy. It's, it's a good opportunity to meet this guy. His name is Tor Mirren. He's executive creative director at Leo Burnett Detroit, uh, in Detroit uh, this weekend for the Super Bowl. And uh, uh, we'll talk about uh, the Cadillac spot, uh, which he was uh, the creative director for. And, uh, I mean, this agency, Leo Burnett, is huge anyway. LeoBurnett.com, they are everywhere. But they've got the, the new spot that they're, they're launching here. Um, they, they're celebrating their fifth year as the official vehicle of the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, they have, uh, they're all over Detroit. Um, the Renaissance Center, it's called Rensen downtown, uh, uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. There's a really great, great place called Greek Town, Brad, and you and I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. That's about just, food, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if you drop any quarters, just, just keep walking. Keep walking, exactly right. Yeah. Bada hey, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, the listeners that are listening now and staying with us because they love our show, and yet the Super Bowl and all those festivities are going on. <laughs> Excuse me. So you may be driving to a Super Bowl game, a uh, Super Bowl party, watching, uh, listening to our show. Yeah, this is radio, so they'd be listening. Yeah. But you may be one of the people that are listening through a uh, podcast, and that means it's like Monday, Tuesday, next week, and next you're listening yeah, exactly. throughout Europe, Asia, or North America. And i got to tell you, that was a hell of a game, wasn't it? Gosh, yes, Brad. Did you win? I would never have thought that team would have won, and by mm-hmm. that much. And, you know, if you could insert that team right here, edit. <laughs> exactly. That uh, was a heck of a game. I couldn't believe that guy rushed for all those yards. And those... Blank fans really celebrated afterwards, <laughs> yeah. didn't they? Well, I tell you, and I had that generic beer, and you had those generic chips and dips. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it will be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and you know, you're a big fan of uh, of uh, Clay Aiken, aren't you? Who? Clay Aiken. Sure. Why not? <laughs> well, you know, Clay Aiken. If they ever do a uh, if they ever do a follow up sequel to uh, Brokeback Mountain, he should be a, a shoe in for one of those characters. Whoever thought that you would? I'm going to get back to the story in a second. Who would ever thought that you would say gay love story involving two cowboys in one sentence? Who would ever thought that that, that all those words would come together in one sentence? Several years ago, the NAB would have uh, come over and chopped your finger off or something for that. Yeah, and apparently, uh, apparently, uh, Brokeback Mountain is going to be getting uh, a lot of uh, action in the uh, uh, Academy Awards. A lot of uh, uh, yeah, everybody's talking about the show. Yeah, yeah, and so as a uh, as a result of their uh, many awards for the Academy, or many uh, uh, what should I say, many nominations for the Academy Awards, I'm going to do my version of. Uh, of uh, the Ray and Brad Brokeback Mountain excerpt. Are you sure you want to do this? 
Come on over here, cowboy. <laughs> is that your branding iron, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, that's real good. Okay. Oh no. no. Anyway, it's a it's a funny uh, it's a funny world we live in today, isn't it? <laughs> cowboy love yeah, story, right. gay guys. Who would have uh-huh. ever thought? Absolutely. But I want to go back real quickly. Uh, forget about Clay Aiken. Let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, a very interesting uh, comedian named Kathy Griffin. You know who she oh, is. We know Kathy Griffin. Hold on for just a minute. Let's, okay. Uh, let's, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Patrick Meyer. And it seems we're not off the subject because he's talking he's... about today sex and pipes. Well, there you go, and Kathy Griffin. I don't know Griffin. what that is, but let's Patrick listen. Meyer, sex yes. pipes. That's Ooh. it. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about sex and pipes. The idea of running things through pipes, new technology pipes that are sexy, that are fun, that involve the consumer. I had a client recently as we were taking them through a full review of technology and where is it going over the next three years and how to bring it together in fusion with marketing. He said, you're talking about sex and pipes. The pipes are the conduits. If you get to them quick, you get news value and you also get a positive halo on your brand for being in new forms of pipes. He meant cell phones, new forms of online, video on demand, new retail technologies, etc. His second point was sex or fun. He was talking about sexy, fun things that come through those conduits. And his point there was delivering your brand through those pipes in a new way gives you an added value, added perception to your brand of being alive with it now. So some people out there would be saying, we have our network TV, we've got a nice ad campaign, we've got radio, we've got print, we're doing everything we should in the standard media plan. But my friends, that's the problem. And please shoot me. The next time somebody brings in a standard media plan that does not have new forms of media, new technologies, or what I'm calling sex and pipes, the way to get there is simple. you got to start with a knowledge of exactly what's in front of you that you can tap into. Next, take a look at what you've got asset-wise. What do you have content-wise in your ad campaign, and your product, etc., that would really lend itself to new forms of media, new forms of technology that the consumer is embracing? Then a third piece is get your agency to think differently or get a different agency or an online agency who can respond quickly and is very conversant and creative in these new forums using SMS, using cell phones, creating mobile episodes, video on demand, a whole host of things that are yet to come. Last thing, get started. Just don't think about it. Start by doing one thing, but get moving. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. Well, there it is, sex and pipes. Now we know mm-hmm. what that's all about. Uh, and uh, So we, we move right along now. <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick Meyer. Always good stuff, yeah. though. Always good stuff and some new material from him. And you said Kathy Griffin is doing what? Well, she's going to be uh, heading up a, an ensemble here to star in the upcoming Sierra Mist Super Bowl spot. And, of course, if you're listening to this through our podcast, you already maybe saw that spot. But, uh, anyway, Griffin joins a comedy uh, ensemble, as I mentioned, that includes uh, Michael Ian Black, Deborah Wilson, Nicole Sullivan, all, all improv-style uh, comedians that will be included in the uh, – Sierra missed uh, lemon lime drink uh, commercials for the Super Bowl, or commercial, I should say, for the Super Bowl that aired uh, today, or is airing today, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, And BBDO New York uh, handles that account, but they've been uh, having this kind of comedy approach since they launched the the product back uh, nationally. 
that is in 03, and they've always taken that same approach. But, you know, Kathy Griffin, uh, I thought that was kind of a strange choice, but I guess it stays in the flavor, if you'll excuse that pun, yeah. with what they've been doing on the uh, with the comedy improv style uh, commercials. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she's great. She's very, very good at she what she does. She is good, well. I think. Yeah, I agree. It says, uh, according to um, uh, AF, I've got the smart brief here from this past week, Ad Age, uh, marketers coming to grips with the reality about the half of the 89 million viewers is expected to watch uh, today's game, and that will be women. Hmm. Fewer gross-out commercials and ads uh, <laughs> talking about outdated female stereotypes and more ads targeted toward women, including the uh, Dove Real Beauty campaign, which we've already seen, by the way. Yeah. So uh, that's not going to be a surprise. Well, better than outdated women. <laughs> True. <laughs> which yeah. you will not see on the new Cadillac commercial. Uh, no. Tor Mirren is uh, going to be joining us here in just a couple of moments on the advertising show. Executive Creative Director Leo Burnett, Detroit. He's taken time and put the chips and dip down and will be uh, with us here live. So we invite you to stay around for that. With Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days. There seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's Well, it's almost game time and we've each got Dr. Peppers here in the studio. It's uh, Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. As promised... Our special guest uh, out of Detroit, uh, an executive creative director, executive vice president at Leo Burnett Detroit. Tor, uh, Tor, Tor Mirren oversees all creative development for the agency and all of its clients. He's a busy man, Brad. He's specifically responsible for creative management on the uh, General Motors business, including the Pontiac, Cadillac, and GM service parts uh, operations accounts as well. Tor is not a lifelong Detroit resident, uh, resident though, Brad. Where, where did you say you're from originally, Tor? Well, I'm from Denver originally and uh, spent about uh, seven years in Los Angeles and moved to Detroit about a year ago. See, he did his own resume. Isn't that a great thing? I like that. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the advertising show. It is great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Tor, and talking to you off the air a few days ago, you had a busy uh, busy week this week. You know, I don't think a lot of people get an opportunity to peek into the life and times of an ECD EVB, EVP of a major advertising agency, Leo Burnett, uh, Detroit. Give us a little sense of what your week's been like. Well, this week has been, uh, it's been up and down, like most weeks in advertising. Well, we're sorry. Would you like to talk about it, Tor? <laughs> <laughs> um so this week uh, in particular, because uh, with the Super Bowl coming up, um, uh, we have uh, a Cadillac, a 60-second Cadillac ad that's going to be airing in the Super Bowl. So um, <clears throat> this is actually the first Super Bowl ad I've ever worked on, and so the the, uh, the you're really under the microscope uh, every step of the way. I mean, when when I think seven seventy million or eighty million people will see the spot, uh, obviously everybody's looking a little bit closer. So uh, it's been pretty it's been pretty intense, um, and there's been uh, you know like like any spot there's been changes and there's been uh, uh, just a, a tremendous amount of pressure leading up to uh, but we just finished it today and it's been shipped off to the network so uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, and you know I think a lot of people would be surprised there. to uh, 
to think that uh, an ad agency works uh, leading up to the week of the Super Bowl to, to get a spot on the air. I think many people with, outside of our industry would think that this had been in the can for uh, weeks now, but not, not typically the, the case, is no, it? No, the, uh, the, the client wanted the logo bigger, is I think what was Torres saying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends. I think there's probably Super Bowl spots that have been done and in the can for for months, you know. And I think, uh, you know, we 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 got a little bit of a late jump on ours, and uh, I think more so it was a, a very complex spot with um, with some special effects, and uh, you know, which always which always take longer than you probably think they will. Um, and 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 the production itself took, you know, we. we Took about three weeks to build the stage we were we used, and it's a pretty it was a pretty large production, so it really took some time to put together. Yeah, I got to believe that uh, producing a Super Bowl spot for you personally has got to be a, a, a wonderful addition to your resume. And you know, with GM as the official automotive sponsor of the National Football League this past season, I would expect uh, Super Bowl Forty to be a, a great opportunity for for both GM as well as Leo Burnett to showcase showcase what they have to offer. How, how does uh, Leo Burnett gear up for? This sort of worldwide event uh, when your client is a major sponsor. In other words, can, can you tour or your firm uh, leverage any of this attention back to the ad agency? Um, you know, there's been. There, to be honest with you, there's when you're doing a Super Bowl spot, as I found out this year, there's so much media attention that it sort of it just comes to you, you know. Um, and so, uh, as far as this this commercial goes, and all the things we're doing surrounding it, I mean, we're launching. Um, the new Escalade uh, on the Super Bowl, and um, it's it's sort of the second iteration. You know, the, the, the Escalade's been out for I think five years, um, and and so we're launching the new one. Uh, so it'll be the the general public's first look at this car, um, and uh, you know I think it's uh, there's been so much attention around that that I think a lot of it kind of draws back to the agency. But at the same time, you know, because it's in because um, the Super Bowl is in Detroit this year. Which makes it kind of unique for GM as the sponsor. Um, you know, we really talked a lot with 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 GM about you know let's make let's make it really special in town. You know, not only for everyone that that lives there, but for all the people that are visiting. So um, we have a lot of, of of sort of other pieces of communication from you know really kind of spectacular outdoor boards to. Um, to uh, you know, uh, posters and, and just really when you when you uh, building wraps, and I think when you when people come to Detroit for the for the for the game, um, I think it's important to know that you know GM is, is a huge piece of that city, um, and uh, and Cadillac uh, specifically is a huge piece of that city, and so we wanted to make sure our presence was was felt um, pretty strongly when people arrived there. Yeah, I was doing a little research for today's uh, interview. The 73-story uh, Renaissance Center, the most domest- uh, dominant building, I would guess, in the uh, Detroit City skyline, has that v- vinyl sheath uh, wrap with you guys with the uh, with the Super Bowl 40 logo, NFL, as well as a distinctive crest with the uh, GM's Cadillac brand uh, yep. involved. I assume that's what you're referring to. The uh, I want to talk a little bit about this is what we call the shameless plug portion of the show for your client and. You'll have to, you know, give the, uh, get a sound soundbite of this and forward it to them. But you know, GM certainly will be hyping the uh, revamped 07, as you mentioned, uh, Cadillac Escalade during the Super Bowl. Share with us some of the insights of this new vehicle in terms of the uh, redesign that they had recently. 
Well, it's uh, it's it really is a beautiful car or truck. Um, it is totally redesigned on the outside and the inside. I mean, personally, I think that the the, the best improvements really came on the inside. Um, you know, the leather, the wood, uh, the 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 chrome on the inside. Um, it, it's just really, really refined. And I know that uh, you know American cars get a bad rap for for their interiors and not being refined and you know not being tight and not being um, as luxurious as as a lot of the foreign cars but i'll tell you that this one um it sort of lives up to the hype i think and um and on the on the outside there apparently there is 64 chrome accents on this car (laughs) (laughs) that's a little bit flashy isn't it (laughs) it is man oh man there is a there's a fact you may not know tor not being from detroit that woodward avenue was the very first highway that was actually paved in the United States. I found that out this morning. Really? And I can only think that uh, Henry Ford probably had something to do with that <laughs> to get to, to a gross point to his home or something. I'm, I'm not sure what. We've got uh, Tor Amirin, uh, Executive Creative Director, Leo Burnett, Detroit. Uh, LeoBurnett.com is the website, and uh, you know, find a lot of great things there. Obviously, Leo Burnett is a global company that touches so many different aspects, but uh, we're focusing on uh, the big game because we can't say Super Bowl, can we? Or maybe we can. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff with uh, Tor. We've got him for both hours here at The Advertising Show. At theadvertisingshow.com, it's a great place to go. You can actually uh, pick up this interview a little bit later on as we uh, convert it into a podcast in the RSS feeds. It's a commercial-free version. Imagine that, commercial-free from The Advertising Show. We'll have that for you, too. And it's all made possible by our good friends at shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L dot com. Uh, Ed Shipple's the guy. Check out, uh, check out the tenancy. It's a great thing he's got going there as well. So we'll be back with more with Tor in just a minute. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Most salespeople stop at the end of what they call the selling process. Big mistake. They go through the same old crapple of prospect, appoint, present, overcome objections, close, follow up. That sales strategy will lead you no place but to another sales job where you can again reach the level of mediocrity. If you want to build a relationship, if you want to earn referrals, if you want to become known as an expert or the expert in whatever you do, this requires hard work that goes way beyond the sales presentation. It also requires study on your part. If you're not willing to do that, my immediate recommendation is get down to the post office. Get yourself a nice, safe job down there selling stamps. People line up and they go, 100 stamps, please. You go, hey, stamps, just made a sale, stamps. If your customers value the knowledge and the expertise that you have delivered to them, they'll think long and hard before they entertain the the dregs of humanity who also sell your product. You may also know them as your competitors. My challenge to you is to become known as an expert in your field. You see, if you walk in with information about you, you're a salesman. But if you walk in with valuable information about them or for them, Now, you're a resource. 
quick takes on sales and customer relations from the Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. And I love the taste of your fresh fruit coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh fruit. It's new Treka. Like we said, nothing outlasts the Energizer. They keep going. Tor Mirren's uh, product does not use Energizers, Brad. They use real batteries, I think, which is a good thing. Uh, executive ones. creative, big ones. Yeah, lots of them, too. <laughs> executive creative director, Leo Burnett, Detroit. And uh, Tor, thank you so much for taking time out of the uh, weekend, especially a Super Bowl weekend, especially considering the fact that you are in Detroit this weekend. And uh, thanks for joining us on the advertising show. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, Tor, uh, you know, you've been uh, involved with automotive for quite a while, a long history with luxury cars from your work with Infinity, with TBWA Shide Day out of L.A., as well as uh, most recently with uh, GM at Leo Burnett. What, what's been the draw for you doing creative in the automotive industry, other than a free free car or two, I suppose? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, actually. That's it. <laughs> there is no other draw. Uh. Um, no, uh, I, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I... I to be honest with you, I was not a car enthusiast um, before I got started working on cars, started doing advertising for cars. Um, but what I've found is is that there there's so much potential, um, and you know, a because most automotive advertising is really bad, um, and and so uh, you know if you can do stuff that really gets noticed, um, I think that that, that the the general public actually appreciates it because I think for the most part people despise car ads you know they're all over the air Um, every commercial pod has at least two and they're usually um, very very heavy retail sort of schlocky stuff Um, so I find it to be a huge challenge and a fun challenge to to try to to take what is is normally a a fairly unsavory uh, job and and try to infuse some 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 life into it, and, and you know because because these ads are on air so much, I think we owe it to to people to uh, to make them you know more interesting to watch and more entertaining. Because ultimately, I think that's you know in, in advertising and and in communication. I mean, that's what that's what you need to do. You need to have create entertaining um, material that people actually want to watch, or else uh, you know nowadays with TiVo and all the other, uh, you know, pieces of media, they don't have to watch it anymore. You know, there was a time when I think uh, you didn't have a choice. You had to watch ads, and, mm-hmm. and that time is over, and, and people don't have to watch anything now. Um, you know, the, the production budget for automotive is pretty decent as well. Being on the creative side, you probably enjoy that. Let's get into your head a little bit about uh, brands for a minute. You, you know, it seems to me that... Uh, Today, luxury brands versus everyday products. We, we, I'm seeing so much more often everyday products using branding techniques traditionally reserved for luxury brands. Are you seeing that? And if so, w- w- what's going on here? As far as, as just sort of your typical 
products um, sort of employing some some uh, some luxury techniques in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think in, in many ways there's sort of been a democratization of, of luxury. You know, um, I, I don't think luxury is what it used to be. Just in mm-hmm. general, I mean, I uh, I think that in many ways um, there's little things. There's there's things like Starbucks. You know, Starbucks in a sense is a luxury brand. You know, you're paying four <laughs> yeah. bucks for a cup of coffee. Really? Right. Um, and I think that there's you know there is absolutely there has been uh, it's much more accessible. Luxury is much more more accessible than it's ever been, um, and I think that that consumers generally think I want things better, I want them uh, faster, and I want them cheaper. Mm-hmm. And with most products, uh, I think they're getting it. You know, um, so I think they're. I think you're right. I think that. Um, but but ultimately, the product is is going to speak for itself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can preach luxury, but if you you know if a consumer buys the you thing, can't deliver it, yeah, and it falls apart or it doesn't live up to it, their expectations, they're never going to buy it again. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And you know, sometimes uh, if you have the price point, uh, my goodness, uh, you know, a pair of tennis shoes north of a hundred bucks has been that way for a while. Sometimes yeah. if you have the price point. Uh, being able to convey the luxury brand is the only thing I guess that's lacking in, in many cases. But I, I want to circle back around. You, you talked about the uh, uh, the new redesign of the uh, 07 Escalade and the multiple chrome uh, aspects of the of the product. Uh, I understand your your new spot is called Chrome Couture, the TV spot that will be debuting uh, today. I guess uh, describe a little bit of the creative strategy behind the spot tour. Well, you know, the strategy actually goes goes back. I mean, it, it really goes back to, um, you know, Cadillac historically, if you think about the brand, has always been at its best um, when it, li- it has lived in the world of, uh, of celebrity and fame and glamour. I mean, if you go back to the 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, this is the car the presidents were driving. Yeah. This is the car the movie stars were driving. This is the car that was always on camera. Um, and the interesting thing about the Escalade is that the minute that thing hit the streets, and, you know, this was not our plan at all, but um, the pop culture, um, uh, they picked it up. I mean, they sort of hijacked it. You know, they inherited this car, and and it, the next thing you know, this was the car that the stars were driving. This was the car that the athletes were driving and the movie stars and the rock stars. And, and it's sort of, you know, it kind of, in many ways, the Escalade itself um, is the re- is one of the main reasons that Cadillac um, has made such a great comeback over the last five years, um, and so what we wanted to do was 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 um, kind of show it in its in its natural environment, which is um, you know in this commercial it's 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 featured in a fashion show, and the fashion show the theme of the fashion show is Chrome Couture, and so um, to 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 sort of simplify the ad. This is a show. We built a 100-foot stage. We had 200 extras. We had celebrities. We had models. And and the models on the stage um, are all dipped in chrome. <laughs> we'll hear more about that next hour. Just a minute. on the advertising show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the advertising show.
Well, there's an outdated concept, eh? <laughs> it's a classic spot. Uh, Anjali, you want to smell good while you're cooking the bacon and mm-hmm. other things that you did back then. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. We've got uh, Tor back with us next hour. Tor Mirren, who's the Executive Creative Director of Leo Burnett Detroit. A lot of good insight into what's going on as far as the creative, not only for the uh, the Cadillac spot, but just basically his take, a very uh, nice young attitude about creative and, and what we might expect. So uh, yeah. it's a great interview, and we hope that... If you're with us this hour, I know it's getting close to game time and such, but uh, you'll be with us next hour as well. So if you're hungry, if you're hungry, Brad, Mm -hmm. there is a new arms race in the fast food industry. And I know you really like McDonald's, right? (laughs) Competing to see who can deliver faster and better service to customers pulling up to the takeout window. Ah. Now, uh, it says uh, with drive-thru now representing a huge portion of sales, basically uh, 70% of sales, Burger King alone, um, the answer can make or break a fast food, uh, you know, giant, and that's what they're saying. This is uh, CNN.com, by the way. Hmm. Uh, companies trimming bulky text from menus. What they're doing is using computer programs yeah. that guess upcoming orders and routing order taking duties to call centers. Now, I've noticed, uh, you know, I've driven through a few of those, Brad, and mm-hmm. they, um, they, they actually have somebody else greet you as opposed to... <laughs> Hey, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take yeah. your order? It's like, right. welcome to McDonald's. You know, thanks for dropping by. Can we take your order today? And then somebody yeah. else comes on. <laughs> I read <laughs> about that. I read that earlier this week, and I thought uh, I've not smart. experienced that, Ray. Well, it seems smart, but it also seems like there's a risk of, uh, you know, somebody in Cincinnati getting the Big Mac you ordered. <laughs> I mean, it's going to a central uh, location. Where is that, and how many calls are they taking, and uh, did they make sure and get it to the – you know, right back to the to the exact place that they, you know, could could we get some crisscross going here and screw the orders up, possibly? Well, they used to screw them up uh, all by themselves, so it, it would <laughs> seem true. the technology addition here might just, <laughs> uh, it might uh, magnify that. But, uh, well, it's true. You know, according to, uh, uh, let's see, what is it, Pam Farber, daughter of Wendy's founder Dave Thomas, I guess she's oh. Wendy, yeah. uh, remembers that when she worked at one of her father's fast food stores in the 70s, and I met her, by the way, Did you? as they were opening a store in the beautiful city of uh, Massillon, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a remote at uh, the store. Customers were often baffled by the drive through concept. She often had to run outside with a pen and pad to talk to customers who were confused by the bullhorn speaker or whose loud mufflers overwhelmed cashiers' voices. Hmm. I just have a problem understanding them sometimes. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, it's an interesting idea, and I maybe I guess you know today with technology and so forth, you'd be able to pull it off. Uh, well, and even the girls Starbucks na- does that. Well, what, what's that? The the drive-through stuff as well. Right, but I'm said, but it doesn't go to a central location in Cincinnati where they have to flip it back to you. Okay, the guy at number store number two ninety three just ordered a cheeseburger. Let's pull that into the uh, computer and make sure they see that in the kitchen at the. Uh, you know, burger joint 293. I don't know how they can do that. They're using the same plain vanilla guys and girls that they use on those security commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Jones, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, we, we've heard a lot about, I don't know if you've been reading, Ray, but uh, VNU is uh, supposedly going to be 
uh, sold. Uh, WPP Group uh, CEO Sir Martin Sorrell has approached a group of private equity firms trying to buy market research giant VNU in a bid to join the $8.8 billion uh, deal, according to Reuters uh, earlier this week. Uh, VNU, for those that may not know it, is a company that owns uh, AC Nielsen as well as a portfolio of B2B magazines and uh, B2B trade publications, I should say, uh, including Billboard, The Hollywood Reporter. And they said one, but I marked it out and put one that a lot of our audience would be familiar with. They said National Jeweler. Who would know that? I put Adweek because Adweek is owned by VNU. Hmm. Uh, Reuters also reported, this was kind of strange, I thought, that a spokesperson for WPP denied that the company was in discussions with the buyout firm. W, uh, VNU uh, is in, a, in exclusive talks with a group of seven private equity firms that have offered, as I said, $8.8 billion for the company. So uh, VNU, which is out of the Netherlands, as I recall, uh, is about to be sold or taken over or whatever they do hmm. to a uh, to another company. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. If you work for A.C. Nielsen or any of their number of publications, I don't know. I might be a little nervous. What do you think? You say uh, have your resume updated real quick? I would be nervous. Whenever you get bought by another company, sometimes they talk about consolidation or doing things cheaper or, you know, whatever. Well, sure they so, do. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just happens to be a problem if you're in the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Huh? Yeah. I want to talk. Uh, well, well, first of all, we've got to take a break here uh, just a few seconds away. And yeah. just ahead, it's the advertising showcase. Uh, good advertising here this week. And uh, I can't see what you have there, but I guess we'll surprise uh, what, uh, what the good stuff is this week. And I also want to talk about the KISS bassist rocketing, rocking the marketing world. You know that guy? No. Okay. Well, he played the guy with the Gene, tongue. Gene Simmons. Uh, yes. Oh exactly. yeah. The guy with the tongue. Now in marketing. Imagine right. that. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is the Advertising Show. Hello, boy. Now, what do you say? Let's make with the popcorn right away. Too much trouble and bother. Yes, indeed. No, man, heat's all you need. You need more than heat. On the advertising show, yes, we've got popcorn and chips and dip. What a party we're having. And uh, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We'll continue our conversation with uh, Tor Mirren, the executive creative director at Leo Burnett uh, Detroit, in uh, next hour, and hope you can stick around with us as well. It's uh, very interesting to get his uh, his take on what's cooking in Detroit. Every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising, and it's been up and down and up and down, kind of like the stock market <laughs> and that stuff going on in Tokyo, but uh, this week it looks good, so let's take a look at that. And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. I guess we both agree that the uh, GM spot, the Escalade spot, is is uh, good and on target, oh, right? Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah. what do you have that's uh, good and on target? Hey, anything that dips uh, models in chrome, and we'll pick that up next hour. Mm-hmm. How could that be a bad thing? Never a bad thing. No, they and, have fins and, too. 
<laughs> well, I never look that close. Yeah, I never right. get past the eyes. Uh, Expedia.com, which they probably don't say .com anymore. Expedia uh, has a great TV spot out. It's a 60. It's out of uh, Los Angeles, produced by Deutsch. Uh, and I got to tell you, Ray, if you haven't seen this spot, it's uh, it's an it's a very interesting idea and an outstanding execution. It's basically uh, very briefly. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it, the spot opens with a woman rummaging through her closet, searching for clothes, and uh, voiceover says it's time to enjoy the night before excitement. We now see a man and a woman trying on clothes and shoes. Voiceover continues. It's time to enjoy overpacking. And the voiceover goes on and underutilizing. It's time to enjoy the countdown and letting the cats fend for themselves. It's time to enjoy a book and so on and so forth. And it basically sets up all of this getting ready for a vacation or shows uh, uh, people during a vacation. Uh, it shows a person coming back from a vacation, talking about the uh, fun time that they had on vacation. And it goes on and on until we end up where we see at the very end a person uh, from the knee down carrying a yellow suitcase with the Expedia logo on it with the tagline, uh, tagline enjoy your trip. And the spot ends with a voiceover saying Expedia. And then we hear a uh, choir saying, which you like. Dot com, dot com, you know it. Acquired? Uh, Sounds yeah. like a bluegrass trio. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But, uh, you know, what's really interesting about this Expedia spot uh, is the fact that they've embarked upon a strategy, Ray, that uh, is just so much not the obvious of what you would think Expedia would do. Obviously, now that they are, it's obvious that they are in the business uh, of uh, selling uh, online travel bookings, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's on the surface, and that's exactly what they do. But I think if you're a smart marketer today, you look beyond the obvious and you try to figure out what business you're really in. And uh, you know, let's go back a few few. Uh, uh, years and remember that Kodak figured out a long time ago that they weren't in the film business, that they were actually in the memory business sure. and uh, keeping wonderful memories for their customers through both film and camera process. So uh, recently I, I read an article, by the way, about a drill manufacturer that figured out that they weren't in the selling of drills and drill bits, but they were in the hole-making business, if you think about it. So, sure uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's an idea of looking beyond what business you're in and looking at the true consumer's experience. And in this case, we're talking about Expedia, and they figured out uh, that their business, they're in the business of the travel experience, not just booking, you know, for your travel, but the travel experience. And the entire spot that I described earlier, and I'm sure you'll see it if you watch any TV at all, uh, is a great example of how you connect the viewer with the positive experience enjoyed while uh, being on a, a vacation. So, uh, you know, it wasn't so many years ago, Ray, that uh, advertisers thought if they showcased a particular consumer experience that they would be translating those benefits to both themselves and their competition, and that's what kept a lot of advertisers from uh, trying to convey a consumer experience, which I think is very short-sighted. But in this particular case, with the Expedia spot uh, and the Enjoy Your Trip uh, new tagline that, again, you, I'm sure you'll be seeing if you watch this, that they've gotten beyond the nuts and bolts of what the company does and have figured out truly what the consumer experience is all about, and they convey that in this spot. So congratulations to Expedia and their agency, Deutsche LA, for this week's Advertiser Showcase. That's a good thing. You know, they must have consulted with Gene Simmons on this campaign. <laughs> I would imagine not. Or his tongue. What, what did he do? Who knows? You teased him a little bit. Yes, we did. This is in Forbes. And you tell me how this works. I don't get it. But they say he's, a, uh, he's transformed the 70s band, A Kiss, into a billion-dollar business through licensing and other deals. They say now that he can do the same for your business. 
He's uh, talking to Forbes, this article in Forbes. Uh, uh, the first client they have that he has is the Indy Racing League. Now, I don't get that. Hmm. The fact that you, you, know, you did a great job with marketing your band or your brand, what does that have to do with marketing in general? How, no, can, you, I, how can you claim yourself to be? Uh, you know, that's, to me, that's more, you know, hey, man, we got Gene Simmons to help us out with our marketing. Isn't that cool? <laughs> you know, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Right. And it would be crazy to think that he is the only person that was behind the success of Kiss exactly, and the marketing yeah. and all that. There's got to be other people that were behind that and other brains. But you're right, Ray. I mean, you know, advertising and marketing is a tricky business. And if you think that you could just, you know, hire some guy that just happened to participate in a wildly successful uh, licensing effort, Effort for uh, Kiss, which certainly they they did a great job with that, and they've made a lot of money with it. But oh, yeah. my goodness, there's a little bit more to it than that. You know, who, who's the uh, filmmaker Spike Lee? Yes. Spike Lee, not so many years ago, was hired. Uh, actually, started was part of a, uh, a creative team that started an ad agency. And you're thinking, well, this guy's a filmmaker. Well, he's hmm. probably a good filmmaker, and he could probably do 30- and 60-second spots just like he does full-length films and probably would be very good at it. But beyond that, uh, you know, it takes a, a mind like, uh, well, like our guest today uh, to be able to do more than just, you know, create spots or uh, come up with licensing deals. you got to have a, a brain behind that creative, uh, creative execution, as, as Tor pointed out. But there's an appeal there. If you say, uh, if you're a, a, an advertiser, you've got a product you think Spike Lee could help out with, you would think that you would want to capture some of his uh, magic. Uh, magic or genius yep. or something mm-hmm. like that to, to yep. you know lend to your brand. So I can right. see a better connect with him as opposed to the guy who played bass for Kiss and <laughs> well, sticks his true. tongue out. Okay? Yeah. So I don't get that. But, uh, that's that's true. I agree. So, uh, so Tor Mirren. Who's, the name spelled backwards, by the way, is Tor Mirren. Barnstor. Yeah. Is executive creative director of Leo Burnett Detroit, and uh, he'll be back with us next hour on the Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Welcome to the Advertising Show. America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Hour number two of the Advertising Show. Welcome back and hope you stay with us the whole hour for continued conversation with Tor Mirren, uh, Executive Creative Director of Leo Burnett Detroit, the Advertising Show. Brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Also want to invite you to come to our site, theadvertisingshow.com. It is just chock full of podcasts and RSS feeds. And uh, thanks to uh, technology uh, made possible by uh, uh, our web marketing firm, it's called Shipple, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Ed Shipple's a great guy and very talented. He spends very little time outdoors, Brad. It's usually in front of his computer screen, finding better ways to help uh, people market their products. So go to shipple.com. Do you not have a coat? Doesn't need a coat. It's in Houston. Yep. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always, hey, wondered, know, always wondered why, how they sell coats in Houston, Texas. Well, to all out-of-towners. Out-of-towners, yeah, people it's visiting. It's cold here. Have you, what would the name Rot Nurheim mean to you? Uh, he was um, second string when I was in junior high school. Rot, yeah, Rot Nurheim. Nurheim, yeah. What is right. that? 
Uh, it's Tan Murren, uh, Tor Murren, spelled backwards, oh, our guest today. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it does yeah. sound like a football player, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was a great quarterback. He led to two state championships and a national championship. Well, it. it could it could be that the rot or it could or if you just do the last name Nurheim, that would be the uh like a musical group, the Nurheim Quartet or whatever it was. <laughs> Sounds was classical, it? doesn't it? Yes it does. Yes it does. The Nurheim does. Quartet now will yeah. play uh Vivaldi's second yeah. concerto. So I wonder if anybody we'll have to ask Tor if we can remember if uh anybody called him rot growing up. Hey, uh did you know that <laughs> Yeah, they changed know? him forever. You know, I thought this product had disappeared, and apparently I was wrong. The Drew Action Sports Tour, that's as in Mountain Dewer, uh, Mountain Dew, the Dew Action Sports Tour, uh, has added MasterCard as its official uh, payment brand, and ConAgra Foods Slim Jim, which used to be my uh, health health food of choice, as its official salty snack. Yeah, I guess it is salty. Uh, MasterCard and Slim Jim uh, join a roster that includes the tour's founding partners, uh, that being uh, Panasonic, RightGuard, Extreme, Vans, and uh, Toyota, as well as PlayStation, uh, as a returning uh, sponsor in 2006. But I, I forgot that even Slim Jim existed. I mean, I, I think I lived on Slim Jim for a couple semesters in college, but sure. other than that... Uh, uh, well, I wonder what those are made out of, anyway. You don't want to know. And they're all over the place. Just drop by a truck stop one time. Well, I've, I used to bite into them. Right by the and register. You, <laughs> I, yeah. I used to bite into them, and I would always look in the center, and I'd try to say, what is that exactly? Oh, yeah. Well. And then I would take another swig of my beer, and I would say, it doesn't matter. It, doesn't it matter. tastes good. That must have been Mickey Mouse there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have uh, Joe Jaffe here on the advertising show. And uh, interesting topic today. It's all about media impressions. What's that all about? If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective. Featuring author and new marketing consultant, Joseph Jaffe. In the eyes of the supreme being, all men and women are created equally. The same cannot be said for media impressions. It is incredibly difficult to be able to compare the value of an impression across multiple media. And that's because not all media are created equally, and therefore impressions on those respective media are, by definition and by default, different as well. When one watches television or reads a print ad in a magazine or a newspaper, listens to the radio, surfs the web, for example... There are completely different mindsets. There are completely different consumption experiences and certainly different levels of engagement. From a creative standpoint, how does one compare a web banner to a print ad? And is a page different to a spread? And how does one compare a spread in a magazine, for example, to a black and white full page ad in the Wall Street Journal? And how does one compare that black and white ad in the Wall Street Journal to a 30-second spot on television? There is absolutely no means of leveling the playing field when it comes to being able to price and value an impression. There has to be something, some kind of mechanism that levels the playing field. And I believe that mechanism is time spent. And by definition, the more time that a consumer spends with a piece of marketing communication 
the more likely that consumer is to respond favorably and be favorably predisposed to the brand doing the messaging. This has been a different perspective. Featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 32nd Spot. To learn more, log on to GetTheJuice.com. It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth here. And uh, we are, uh, let's see, just about to join back in conversation with uh, Tor Mirren. Or what, you, what did you say his name was backwards? Rot uh, somebody? Let's see, uh, Rot, uh, let's see. I, I misplaced it. Rot that, uh, Nurheim. Not Nurheim, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rot. Very good. Rot you know, uh, Jaffe, he was just talking about that. Yeah, I agree with what he was talking about, except for unless uh, the marketing communication is a fuzzy poorly designed off target uh, ad and uh, or or communication uh, piece and therefore the amount of time that you spend with that ends up being actually working uh, against, against your, you yeah. Uh, yeah so but he, he does bring up a good point i i think jaffe uh, brings uh, a good perspective or certainly as they like to say a different perspective a different perspective yeah. yeah hey that's a great name for the show let's yeah. call it that okay it always <laughs> amuses me too to Speak to an advertiser, a client, and, and they say, I'm going to run some radio spots. That's it. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you going to do to support that? What are you going to do to, to, uh, to encourage people to look other places for your, uh, for your information? And many times they don't have anything, do they? No. They've, they've got to, they, and they have no idea of the benefit of, uh, of um, putting their ads anyplace else. And that's a rather dangerous thing, uh, as we, know, we all know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, you know, advertising versus executing a strategy is the difference between spending your money poorly versus wisely. Hopefully you've given some thought and yeah, hopefully you've given some thought to it and you've got some, uh, as you point out, multiple points of entry to reach that today's consumer because they're certainly not sitting there waiting for your message. uh, No, no, they're not looking for you. No. <laughs> you got to kind of get in their way. Here's This is from Advertising Age, okay? It's uh, News Corp. Control, uh, controls marketer access to key in-store advertising. Mm-hmm. 35,000 U.S. retail locations. News America Division contracts uh, with retailers to sell marketers advertising on store shelves, store floors, which are hot, in shopping carts, and uh, via in-store coupon machines, as well as ads and newspaper inserts. It's estimated the in-store business brings in $300 million bucks a year. Uh, but apparently some uh, marketers are crying foul over the company's category buyout practice, in which a single marketer buys all of the in-store ad inventory in a category like shampoo or deodorant. Well, isn't this a free country? I'm, sure. What, what do you see? I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, I don't either. I mean, you know. If you, as you say, if you have the financial wherewithal to do that, then you do it, right? It would be logical to me. Yeah, we have. Uh, we're just about out of time here. Uh, well, before before we go, let's let me just mention Joe Fine, uh, media columnist for Business Week magazine. It's our guest next week. Kind of excited about that. Well, this is good. Yeah. He's a he's a fine guest, right? <laughs> and he's kind of a wise guy, Business Weekly kind of guy. And I think he was once with the Three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> Not Joe Fine. That's oh, right. That's Larry, that name. No, Larry, oh, Larry, Larry Fine. Fine. Yeah. yeah. He's got that same haircut, though. <laughs> that's great. We've got, uh, oh, who do we have? Tor Mirren in just a moment on the advertising <laughs> yeah. show. You know, I'm getting old. What can you say? Back in just a minute with more. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
It's the advertising show, always squeaky clean, or at least we attempt to be, you know, I mean, we try that. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, uh, Tor Mirren is our special guest this weekend. You, if you were with us last hour, we kind of left you hanging a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tor is the executive creative director of Leo Burnett Detroit. By the way, did you know that uh, Leo Burnett Detroit, Brad, has won 21 Caddy Awards for Creative Excellence? Now, they probably couldn't sell Volkswagen and win a Caddy Award. I'm not sure. Maybe they could, Tor. Uh, but congratulations to you guys. You guys have been busy in 06, haven't you? Yeah, so far it's been uh, yeah <laughs> one month in, and it's, it's, it's certainly been probably the busiest month I've ever had in advertising. So let's get back to the models dipped in chrome. What is this all about? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, so you, what if else you did, we talk about? Yeah. Exactly. If you didn't uh, hear last hour, we were talking about the upcoming uh, Chrome Couture TV spot, which will be debuting today on the Super Bowl. Renowned uh, Vogue and Victoria's Secret uh, model Olucci, which uh, we said last uh, week. You used a date uh, her, didn't you? No, actually, I saw her Olucci, and I decided against it. But thank I you see. for asking, Ray. It was an interesting evening. Uh, but we also, uh, you, you also uh, feature uh, NFL running back or former NFL running back Marcus Allen, as long as well as some uh, other uh, hot mamas like Rachel Hunter. Did I say hot mama? Hot mamas. Can I say that? No. Well, well I did. I'm okay. sorry. But hey, well, before we talk about you dipping these uh, models in chrome, and while we were off the air, Ray dipped part of his anatomy in chrome, but I'll leave that to your imagination as to what that was. But, uh, you know, I thought the day of the supermodel tour was long over. I thought it was strange that you guys would be featuring supermodels here. I think think the day of the supermodel is over, actually. Um, I don't think any, you know, you brought up Alucci, and and she's a, she's a, She's a big-time model, but I don't think, you know... So these uh, people the are out of, of work? The days of the Cindy Crawford and all that, I, they're, they're gone. I mean, this, yeah. is a, this is a woman who is on the cover of a lot of magazines, but I don't think 99% of the people would know who she was. Now we so know what it was, so, Brad. It was all about budget. These people well, was, are out of work. No, actually, Alucci's right? uh, uncle works for GM. I see. No, yeah. so, so why, why, uh, why feature the uh, models as well? Obviously, Marcus Allen, that's a, that's a no-brainer there. But so, so why did the models take such a prominent role here? Well, it's probably less about the models and a little bit more about fashion and glamour mm. and, again, sort of the you know, paparazzi and celebrity and the, and again the world that the celebrity or the world that the um, the Escalade has sort of found itself living in since it since it came out um, and you know the reason that we chose fashion you know people said well, why didn't you you know why didn't you choose music or why didn't you choose movies or why didn't you you know the reason that we chose fashion was that fashion in many ways it, it is sort of this massive intersection of all those all those um, sort of arms of pop culture you know you can do movies, but in movies is fashion. You can do music, but inside of music is fashion. And, and in many ways, fashion sort of lives a little bit above all those things. And so we chose fashion as, as you know, for the main stage um, to put this car on. Um, and, and uh, you know, when you see the vehicle um, amongst these, these women in their chrome outfits and the stage all chromed out and the vehicle all chromed out, you'll see that it, uh, it certainly fits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it does, you're exactly right, it matches up with the brand essence of what you're uh, trying to convey there for Escalade. I'm curious, what, who's the target for the Escalade, male or female in particular? Um, it's about 60% male, 40% female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the joke used to be the Cadillac's owners ranged uh, anywhere from 65 to dead. Uh, <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, you know, you, you guys and certainly Cadillac uh, themselves have done an outstanding job of transitioning to a younger market. Would you, do, what do you think the uh, uh, 
who, who deserves the credit there? The engineers and designers of the model, the ad agency, who, who's getting the credit? I, I think that, um, like any product, I think that you got to give most of the credit credit to the designers um, because they created these cars. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I think in a time when, you know, most cars were sort of round and bubbly, which they still are, Cadillac decided to put a really hard edge on all their designs. Sure. And uh, I think when they first came out, they were really polarizing and people didn't know what to think. So I, th- I, I give most of the credit to the designers, but, you know, the, I think the agency did a great job of... of um, creating a much more, you know, when they introduced Led Zeppelin and when they kind of pushed much more performance-oriented advertising, I think that they, over the course of a few years, were able to really, really shift the the, the image of the brand from a, sort of, like you just said, an old man's brand to a much more youthful, exuberant brand. You still have round and curvaceous on the models, but what happened to the song? <laughs> Yeah, I understand you guys are doing away with the uh, the Led Zeppelin Music Association for Cadillac. Is that true? Uh, That is not true. It's not in this commercial uh, at all. There's no Led Zeppelin, and there's not even a Led Zeppelin sting at the end. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it's not going to continue is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, we we will continue to use Led Zeppelin when it's appropriate in this particular setting. It just wasn't appropriate. Well, you know, we've we've been big here on the show and talked for years about sustaining a brand's identity over a long period of time is all about keeping things relevant and fresh. And I think what you're describing in terms of being a little more selective about using the uh, Led Zeppelin Music Association in a more uh, sparing way but yet meaningful way is a great example of uh, doing just that, don't you think, Tor? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the tagline for, for um, Cadillac is Breakthrough. And, um, you know, I think in order to break through, uh, when, when Led Zeppelin was first introduced four, three or four years ago on this, on this campaign, it definitely broke through. I think that, uh, you know, it's probably breaking through a little bit less now. And, and it's sort of our job to everything we do has to be on the cutting edge um, because this brand uh, has sort of has that tradition and history. So if it's not breaking through, um, you know, we... we we need to use something else. And so, again, and that's not to say that we won't ever use it. It's just to yeah. say that there's times when we will and times when we won't. That makes well, sense. Well, it's a yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great association, and no sense in throwing it totally away. And we, had the, question, uh, we had questioned that a couple of weeks ago too, Brad. Yeah. I'm glad we're we did the answer there. Well, yeah, we misinterpreted it because it was uh, written in such a way. I think the piece that Ray was reading was written in such a way it suggested that you guys were doing away with it, it totally. Rid of it, yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously you can't control what these uh, slap happy writers out there. Right. I read that same article. Not true. You did. Yeah. <laughs> must well, have been, it go. must have been ad week, Brad. Well, well I was going to say the New York Times, but, you know, they've had their troubles. Uh, <laughs> gas prices affected uh, any marketing strategy change for Escalade? I mean, it's obviously not an economy car. <laughs> to say the least. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. It did not affect the, the marketing strategy. It has, no. affected, it has affected sales, though. There's no question about it. But no change um, in your strategy. the old Escalade. You know, the big question will be when the new Escalade comes out um, this month, uh, you know, will, will gas prices affect the sales of that? I mean, a lot of people have been waiting for this car, um, which may explain part of the, you know, there was a drop in sales last year on the old Escalade. And um, I think part of that was people waiting. I think a big part of that was, uh, you know, gas prices, obviously all full-size SUVs took a big hit last year. Um, timing is not ideal <laughs> for this for the launch. So, yeah. um, but I do think that the the kinds of people that uh, that drive the Escalade, um, uh, and because it is a, obviously a, a more expensive vehicle, I think that um, 
you know, an extra couple bucks at the gas tank is probably not um, going to dissuade them from, from purchasing it. However, I think some of the, you know, I mean, I think we all know that there's some social implications that go along with that now, too. Right. And I think that that could, that could take, a, take a hit on, on the yep. sales. Well, then, as you say, your core customer is not uh, worried about a few bucks, but it might be more of a, uh, a social stigma there as opposed to an economic issue. Yeah, it's all, you know, what's, it's, that, that's, that's everything with, with, um, with advertising and products. I mean, what's cool, you know? If it's not cool to drive a big car anymore, then that there's trouble. <laughs> ah, okay. That could be interesting here. We've got to take a break here for just a moment. Uh, Tor Mirren is our special guest out of Detroit this weekend, executive creative director at Leo Burnett Detroit, and we will have Tor for uh, one more segment here on the advertising show and a bunch hey, more to come this hour, too. Yeah, Brad. I was going to mention, Ray, we both get Escalades as a result of today's interview. Did you hear about that? No, but I'd uh, like to see it. Oh, yeah, a couple of sets of keys. That's wonderful. We like mm-hmm. that, Tor. Thank you. Very nice. No problem. Yeah, no problem. He's going, oh, man, what are these guys You get the white one, I get the black one, Ray. Uh, We'll talk about that, Brad, okay? Uh, We have have more to come with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Check our uh, website out, theadvertisingshow.com. Back in just a minute. And now it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update heads to Honolulu, where AP reports it may not be the name that rolls off the tongue, but ask any Hawaiian, and they're sure to know the name of the state fish. The problem is the Humuhumu Nukunu Kwapua, or Humuhumu for short, has been dethroned. The rectangular triggerfish was named state fish in 1984, and lawmakers limited the designation to five years. Problem is, no one told the public that the Humuhumu's reign was over, so few knew anything had changed. The news shocked Congressman Blake Oshiro, who found out about the glitch just recently from a six-year-old. Oshiro has now drawn up a bill to make the stubby-nosed, brightly striped, and slightly aggressive little fish the official state fish once again. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. What's up? Dino's stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstones. yabba dabba doo yabba dabba doo Flintstone vitamins are good to chew with vitamin A. One more segment here on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Tor Mirren, Executive Creative Director, Leo Burnett, Detroit. And, uh, Tor, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy Super Bowl weekend. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, did we mention to, to uh, Tor about, uh, gosh, how, how long ago was it we had Wally on the show? We, we had a guest a few on the ago show. It was, yeah. was it a few weeks? Yeah. We had a guest on the show, Tor, a few weeks ago, Wally Bergman, who worked with Leo Burnett. Really? With, I mean, the, how with often, the Leo Burnett? Yes, with Leo. Yeah, not at the company, but with actually Leo himself. How cool would that have been? Huh? No, this would be a good question for Tor. Do you know what color ink Leo used when signing all of his communications? I want to say green. 
Uh, you got it. That's very good. Would you like yeah. to? Would you like to go double or nothing now? No, I, I don't know any other questions. Well, actually, in order to, in order to work there, I think you have a ten question uh, <laughs> That's test. That's one of the here. questions. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me any more of those. That can yeah. get dangerous. <laughs> you, you did a good job there. Hey, you know, we were talking about budgets uh, a few segments ago. According to Nielsen, uh, GM spent over two hundred million on Cadillac brand and, and nearly two hundred uh, twenty million uh, on Escalade in particular through October '05. Of course, uh, as much as you believe those reports, I've always heard that uh, they're not always as accurate as one might think. Uh, I want to get your take on this. This is a media question. You come out of the creative end of the business, but uh, why not? Two and a half million bucks for a thirty-second spot on the Super Bowl. Is it worth it? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think it, uh, the only answer I can give you is that it probably depends on, 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 on the product and, and mm-hmm. who you are. And, and, uh, I mean, I think for a, for a, for a client like Cadillac, um, a brand like Cadillac, I think it's worth it. I think it's a good place to be. It's a, it's a high profile place for a high profile product. Um, you can reach a, a huge amount of people with one bang and I think it is and I think you know nowadays it really depends uh, also on what what are you going to do with that 30 seconds I mean if it's just if all you plan on doing is running a 30 second commercial it's not worth it at all because I don't think a 30 second commercial on the Super Bowl is is really that powerful unless you can back it up with other things I mean can you get people to the website and can you have other interesting content there can you, you know, with, in the case of a car like the Escort, I mean, the, the minute people see that spot, they're going to go to the website. Now, website better be packed with information, um, and there better be some entertaining stuff there for them to see, um, and there better be other other sort of tentacles that come out of this 30-second or 60-second commercial. Sure. Because uh, no, if if you're just using it to to run a 30-second message that doesn't go any farther than that, absolutely not. You know that's interesting. You say that. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the the online version of what you're talking about there. But before we do that, last year there was a uh, a local agency in our home market of Houston that got a bunch of t- a bunch of uh, publicity because they had a, a an advertiser. I'm going to say they were in in Texas. And the product they were selling, it doesn't matter what they were selling, but it was an unusual advertiser for the uh, Super Bowl. And our criticism after seeing the spot was, why in the world did you lo- did you not put your URL at the end of the spot or somewhere within the spot? I mean, it was just totally missing uh, any kind of website reference for the advertiser, which uh, we felt was a huge uh, missed opportunity for uh, that advertiser, or certainly any advertiser advertising on the Super Bowl, for 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 years, of course, advertisers uh, would not be complete without a website or microsite uh, driver to their strategy of doing a Super Bowl spot. Talk a little bit, Tora, how the uh, uh, web plays a role in your strategy for Cadillac this year. Well, I mean, the website itself is is, is huge. I mean, uh, um, I think it's eighty percent of any of of any car buyer. Um, goes to the web to find out more information on that vehicle. I mean, that, that goes to show you how important it is to have a have a site that is meaningful and entertaining and 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 uh, worth looking at and, and and informative. You know, I mean, eighty percent of of people who buy a car go to the web. So, I mean, obviously, it's critical that you have a site that that gives them all the information they need and presents it in a way that they want to look at. Um, so I mean that, that that that's critical. Um, you know, obviously with our our particular Super Bowl commercial, you're going to be able to go. You're going to be able to see um, the spot itself. You're going to be able to see um, actually some some uh, sort of 
making of because it was a sort of a a large production and there were celebrities involved and there was huge you know creation of the stage and the and the makeup and the dress you know we created eight chrome couture dresses and all of this you'll be able to see some of that but as but more importantly you'll be able to go and you'll be able to very easily get and find out more information about the vehicle well let's imagine that uh, you're a young upstart starting in the ad agency business coming up through creative here we're talking to the executive creative director of uh, leo burnett detroit who heads up the uh, creative management responsibilities for gm uh, obviously uh, you've been around the block a few times yet you are a uh, relatively speaking, a young executive to be at, uh, in the level of business or level of, of uh, a structure with uh, Leo Burnett at this about a stage two, in right. your career. Yeah, give us some advice, if you would, uh, for a young creative just now getting into the business. And I, give it to I, us in 30 seconds, if you would, please, Tor. I think my best advice is don't, uh, don't have a book that just has ads in it. Uh, that's my best advice. Have some good thinking, have some good writing or, or art or um, uh, you know, interesting things that aren't just ads with headlines, and I don't think people look for that anymore. That's my best piece of advice. Well, that and that is good advice. You got to have some brains behind uh, being able to execute, right? It's still about the idea. You know, yeah. as much as the more things change, the more they stay the same. The idea is still king. Bottom line: go watch the ad this evening. Go buy the car. Mention Tor's name. He'll give you a discount. <laughs> Tor Marin, uh, Executive Creative Director of Leo Burnett Detroit. Tor, it's been a pleasure having you on the Advertising Show. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. Thank you. Back Thanks, in just Tor. a minute with more on the Advertising Show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. We here at the ad agency feel this commercial is provocative, motivating, and really classroom. Now, what do you think, sir? Only one shoe? We actually got that. Uh, that's actually not a commercial. That is actually in the uh, Creative Chambers in Troy, Michigan, uh, at the uh, Leo Burnett Leo office. Burnett. Uh, yeah. And that is actually Tor Mirren uh, actually uh, Conducting talking about that Cadillac yeah. commercial. Mm-hmm. And the guy wants right. a shoe in it for some reason. So he said, <laughs> now let's go ahead and do some models instead, and we'll dip them in chrome. Right. And, of course, the the client said, well, hey, that's a great idea. Right. So that's that's how that came about. Anything Thanks to get to, some uh, clothes on these girls. <laughs> Thanks to Tor. And uh, <laughs> seriously, go buy, a, go buy a Cadillac uh, tomorrow if you want. That's fine. And just mm-hmm. to tell them Tor sent you. Right. And, and you, you heard it here on the advertising show. Whatever. Right. You so. get the former employee pricing. Exactly. <laughs> so what do yeah. you got there? Well, you know, this is interesting, Ray. Brands are uh, passing up, according to this new agency that was just created, brands are passing up the chance to establish emotional connections with consumers because they insist on communicating visually and they ignore other senses. I agree with that. The recently established communications group Brand Sense Agency said it was extraordinarily extraordinary in that 83% uh, of all commercial communications were visually uh, oriented and and yet 75% of our emotions were influenced by what we smell while there was 65% chance of a mood change uh, when we hear a new sound. So the agency uh, says with regard to branding and marketing that we are over-reliant on our sense of sight. And if you think about it, it's a great idea. If you think about it, I mean, Starbucks and the brand itself is all about a multi-sensory uh, experience when of you course. when you walk in there. And, uh, 
you know, I don't know about you. We, you and I have both been uh, early adopters of the Starbucks brand uh, many years ago, and uh, not that we uh, are all about spending more than you should for a cup of coffee. But mm. I don't, I don't know about you, Ray, but I, I think the fact that the smell and the multisensory. Uh, uh, you know, connection to the brand when you, when you hit the door, mm-hmm. uh, it reminds you, especially if it's early in the morning, how long it's been since you've had your last cup of coffee, which is probably the day before. Right. And when the lady's in the front of the line asking, uh, what, what goes in a, a, a frappuccino? <laughs> you know, and you're at the back of the line, all of a sudden your multisensory, uh, experience is working against you and you're ready to take a whack at somebody. Right. Especially when you hear the person behind them that finally gets past the Frappuccino lady and she says, uh, what size drinks do you have? <laughs> it's like you've been standing there for how long and you haven't figured that they've got the cups just lined up right there on the side so all you got to do is point. You have to take anyway. a test like a driver's test and you have to pass the test or something. You don't have to drive or anything. You just have to pass the test. And you, I mean, you know, there should be a test before you're allowed day. to go into a Starbucks. Right. Exactly. Yeah, keep, or, keep the line moving. Or just use the drive-thru, Brad. That, that works for me, too. Well, that's true. Sometimes it's quicker to uh, go in than the drive-thru. I've seen those lines <laughs> of the drive-thru. They're coming out in the street almost. That's right. It's a popular <laughs> place. Speaking of senses, I didn't print this out, so I'm doing this from memory. It's uh, that new car smell that mm-hmm. everybody says, ooh, sure. it's got that new car smell. Right, There's now a group that, that says... That that new car smell is not a good smell. Uh-oh. Those are dangerous chemicals you're smelling, and although you might enjoy it, it's not good for you. And that's okay. all I uh, that's all I can recall from the article. Well, and it doesn't surprise me. Most things that you like aren't good for you. You and I know that. Uh, we experience that almost daily. But uh, you know, there's a spray out. They say I don't. I've never seen it or smelled it. There but is they a new say- car fresh air spray. Yeah, it's right. supposed to smell like a new car. Right. I wonder if they went around and captured a bunch of chemicals. Bad, yeah, <laughs> bad stuff. Put it in a can, and no, you know that wouldn't surprise me. It's kind of like what they discovered not so many years ago about uh, new carpet. You put a new carpet oh, in, sure, and yeah. your baby crawls around on the floor and falls over, you know, in, in some kind of convulsion, and you're wondering what's going on. Well, there's chemicals on your on your brand new carpet that you know need to be. Uh, vacuumed and cleaned out and need some time to air that baby out, you know? Not to mention if you glue the carpet down, that's even worse. Or the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to glue the baby down. Uh, not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, product placement. Uh, yeah. And this Call is for it. Yeah, this is, well, it's everywhere, really. Sure. Local TV news operations hungry for free content have been Uh-oh. intersected with brand brokers looking for product placement opportunities in the way that's now generating growing revenues for both. And I suppose that's good. But news agencies? Yes, exactly. It says That's product placements and integrations are proliferating on primetime TV, daytime talk shows, soap operas, and national morning news shows, and the cost to appear in them rising. Some marketers are finding it tough to find available space to promote their brands. And uh, what uh, one remaining outlook? Morning shows produced by local television stations, mm-hmm. uh, magazine-type shows. So they're looking now... To take the brand, uh, the product placement uh, opportunities there as well, hmm. and uh, before you know it, they'll be out of they'll be out of uh, space for that as well. But that's kind of a neat new, uh, you know, opportunity for revenue generation. Yeah. We have music playing, which means that uh, commercials will play after that. After that, <laughs> you'll hear a little jingle, and then what you'll hear is a little funny spot, and then we'll come back and talk more. That's how it works on the advertising show. What a format, huh? We should call it Bob. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe back in just a minute with more. 
make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. The Advertising Show, Rachel and Brad Forsyth, your Super Bowl party will flout flat on its face if you don't have fluffer nutter maybe mm-hmm. glad we do i'll have another thank you very much it was fun talking with tor and we're going to talk with uh, john next week john fine who is media columnist at business week magazine uh put us a couple of days before valentine's day that's just a little hint reminder for you brad you know with mm-hmm. laura she wants something so well, you get flowers this early you know they're going to wilt no, no, no. Go with silk. It's uh, silk? it's wonderful. Oh. Yeah, you can do that as well. And so. you replenish, repurpose next year. Exactly. I could just wash them off. <laughs> they're good to go. <laughs> and they're a lot so. cheaper than 65 to 100 bucks a dozen. So there well, we have it. I try to lay out uh, having dinner on uh, on Valentine's Day. I call it novice night. You know, it's only a time <laughs> when the guys that go out once a year or twice a year or whatever. And then I go either... Uh, you know, the weekend before, the weekend after, or whatever. That's like the guys that go to church twice a year. <laughs> right, Christmas and, Christmas uh, and Easter. Easter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Andy Borowitz, uh, this week, well, this past week, we had the uh, the State of the Union address. Right. Uh, but to throw kind of a wrench into the works here, that, uh, what's the guy's name, Fry, the, the book yeah, guy? The, uh, Oprah yeah, the, scolded him on the show. Did you see exactly. that? Oh, yeah. Well, I saw bits of it. I didn't see the whole thing. But well, a, George, miracle, uh, a Million Pieces, uh, whatever his book was called. You yeah, now it? it's about two pieces. Yeah. And uh, b- believe it or not, uh, George W. Uh, was on the show, and I don't know whether you caught this or not. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. Talk show host Oprah Winfrey's vengeful side was very much on display today as she used her popular TV program to take President George W. Bush to the woodshed over falsehoods about Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction. Ms. Winfrey devoted an entire hour-long episode of her show to the president who sat on her sofa and felt the full force of her wrath. What inspired the talk show legend's ire was Mr. Bush's 2003 State of the Union Address, in which Mr. Bush claimed that the Iraqi dictator possessed weapons of mass destruction, claims that later proved false. The president, devoid of his usual swagger, seemed like a student who had been called to the headmistress's office as Miss Winfrey repeatedly scolded, You lied to me. Mr. Bush claimed that he had originally intended to call his 2003 address a work of fiction, but at the suggestion of Vice President Dick Cheney, he changed that designation to nonfiction in order to make the weapons claims more compelling. But Miss Winfrey would have none of it, demanding to know if the president's claim that Saddam was developing nuclear weapons actually happened. No, the president said to the gasp of the audience. You made that up, didn't you, Miss Winfrey said. Aye, aye, Mr. Bush stammered. In her final act of punishment, Ms. Winfrey removed Mr. Bush's favorite book, My Pet Goat, as an official selection of her book club. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying... Keep it fake, baby. That is one thing you don't want to do is get on Oprah's wrong side. Look what happened to David Letterman for so many years.
right? Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to bring you back up here. You, Did uh, you hear that? No. Go ahead and talk again. What would you say? I said they kissed and made up. Uh, what, how long Ooh, Letterman ago? did? Yeah, they did. Yeah. A few months ago, I think it was, three or four months ago. Uh, a few months ago. I see and this. By the f- uh, go ahead. I was just going to mention the, the, the name of the book, and I misspoke. It's A Million Little Pieces, and the guy, James Fry, uh, when I saw that go about that you were talking about, uh, Oprah Winfrey and James Fry, and she had him on his show, and really trying to do a little damage control for her own credibility. I yeah, thought no when kidding. I, when I saw them both, uh, little excerpts of those both uh, being there and her really scolding him and all that, I thought, where's celebrity boxing when you when you need it? You know, I could see her and uh, James Fry in the same ring, and, and my money would be on Oprah. They probably ought to go on the uh, Maury show and do that. That would be well, more appropriate. That's right? true, and then you'd, you'd hear this. Mr. Fry, you are not the father. <laughs> but he's going to have to give back a few bucks. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's made a ton off this deal. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he's going to lose a ton. That is what I'm suggesting. Well, Doubleday is the publisher, so we'll leave that to them, I suppose. I guess. We'll stay out of the lawsuit. You know, that Dyson vacuum, a ridiculously overpriced vacuum that sucks. <laughs> well, Stuff. you mean that in a good way? Oh, in a good way, yeah. I guess. It, oh, yeah. well, it, you know, the guy's thing, it doesn't lose suction. Uh, so Hoover, uh, the folks at Hoover think, well, you know what? Our vacuums don't cost that much. Probably ought to charge four ninety nine and call it a Hoover's twenty uh, Z700, <laughs> dubbed the world's first sport utility vacuum. We can probably vacuum a hill or something. I don't know. <laughs> Can you believe that? Four ninety nine, because Dyson is really—is it Dyson? Yeah, it's Dyson. Yeah. It's taken on such a corner of the market. People are going, "Oh, I gotta have that thing. That's expensive. I need one of those." That's a British product, isn't it? Or it's uh, European? It's or European. Something? I'm not sure yeah. that it's British. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I like the campaign. You reported it on that many months ago about how they uh, our vacuum socks. I think is the theme of their campaign right. that they have going. I thought it's a clever idea, but uh, you know, there's a good example that you're describing on uh, Hoover. Doing a little luxury brand twist on uh, on their product line and putting a little number with it and a little fancy this and that and jazzing up the price there. Well, it does. Huh? It's a pretty cool looking vacuum, but I still think it's four ninety nine is an awful lot to pay for something that you sucks dirt up. You, know? you should at least be able to hook an attachment to it and dry your hair or something. You'd think. Um, well, looking at it, who knows? Or might, maybe might work pot of coffee reinflate a tire on your car <laughs> yeah <laughs> blow some type of uh, beach uh, device uh, recreational device Be- <laughs> a beach ball is <laughs> yeah well whatever yeah <laughs> i guess that's uh, that's good so go out yeah. and get yourself a vacuum and it's 500 bucks and it's called the z700 Ooh, and next year it's seven hundred bucks. Yeah, us. right. So Should've thanks to was cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tor Tor uh, Mirren is uh, was our guest. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> he, he's now. Oh look, he's into the the uh, oh the, the the nachos now. That's great, and the jalapenos. But we've got uh, John Fine with us next week on the Advertising Show. Enjoy the game. Media columnist, Business Week magazine, the Advertising Show is uh, on the web at theadvertisingshow.com. Go there for podcast and RSS feeds. It's a great place to keep up with what's going on with a lot of great interviews there as well. And it's theadvertisingshow.com. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. So we'll talk to you next week. Have a great uh, evening. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.